0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum ten dollar per order, additional term supply.
1: Coming back in on Sports Talk, I'm Jeff Nowak. This is WWL I'm alongside Charlie Long and we're gonna go to the Oakland Heart Jewelers talking Texan. We were able to we were able to find him. Nick Underhill of New Orleans dot How you doing today, Nick? I, I see you got a you got a beer floating around. Why don't you tell us about that?
0: Yeah, we, uh, we got a beer that came out today, at Urban South, uh, New Orleans South Football, Citrus Blitz. Um, you know, it's kind of, a, it tastes like it sounds. It's a, it's a citrusy IPA. Uh, you know, the idea was to kind of, you know, create something that, that you could drink all day, but would definitely slide in before games as like a pregame type beer at a tailgate or something like that. So that's out. Uh, so if, if you're out and about, go check it out.
1: I'm always a fan of something that tastes like it sounds. Now I need to come up with other examples of things that taste like they sound. Cucumber. That's a, I'll go with that.
0: I'm a very literal person. You know, the name of my website <laughs> is New Orleans Football. Name the beer exactly what it is. So, like, I, you know, I write the name of the thing on the thing, and that's what it is. So very literal uh, branding in, in this, uh, across the board, I guess.
1: I do have a question. So who, who's responsible for the artwork? Because I thought the, uh, the artwork on the can was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a local artist named Jay Frost. Uh, he, he's a tattoo artist at Hidden Dimension Studio, but he, he does a lot of, you know, canvas painting, murals, stuff like that. Uh, An up-and-comer. Uh, if you watch our uh, podcast, he did the, the artwork in the studio. Mm. He's uh, extremely talented, and, and yeah, I, I thought he, he killed it. It definitely kind of captures the uh, the spirit of New Orleans, just the, the artwork on the can. Um, so, yeah, Jay Frost. Uh, he's on Instagram. just easy to find. Not a lot of people with that name, so... Uh, yeah, he's definitely extremely talented, though.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a label guy. When I go to when I go to buy a bottle of wine, it's not about the wine. It's about okay, which label is is calling out to me. So I'm the same way with beer. So uh, that's definitely something. So everyone should check that out. But let's uh, let's go to training camp talk. Right, and obviously everyone is getting excited. It's going to start on Wednesday. First open practice on. Friday, I'm just curious, you know, as you kind of look at it, what are some of the first things that you're going to hone in on when you get out to camp? Obviously, the first few days are unpadded, so it's a lot of guys running around in shorts. They look great. Everyone looks great. But what are you going to be looking at?
0: I I hate to kind of have, like, such a basic answer here, but I, I think the first thing I'm doing is I'm looking at the wide receivers and I'm seeing if Mike Thomas is there. And if he is there, I'm going to have my eyes on him for, like, the first 20 minutes of practice at least just to see how he's moving what he looks like. Is he is he running well? Is he planting on that, you know, the 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 lower limbs? And just what does he, he look like? How is he carrying himself? I mean, I think there's really nothing. I don't know. Like I, if Mike's like healthy and able to play and we are going to be able to determine that in training camp, that's going to be a week by week, probably a day by day thing throughout the, the year. And I think even if we get till November and he's still healthy, I think you're still kind of holding your breath, wondering if he's going to make it through the rest of the regular season and then into the playoffs. But you got to start somewhere. And if he's healthy and ready to go, I feel a little bit better about his prospects, uh, you know, moving forward. And then, uh, you know, same thing. I'm, I'm moving my eyes to the offensive line. And is, is Cesar Ruiz out there and healthy? Um, we talked to Tron Armstead recently, and he was telling us that, uh, you know, he, Cesar's out at his house all the time. They're hanging out there doing things. He <laughs> says he looks good. He's moving well. Wouldn't really offer any insight into whether or not he's going to be ready for the start of training camp. But, I, you know, I seen him out in the community yesterday without a walking boot on. So, I mean, you know, I think just everything is is probably trending the right way for him. But, you know, Penning's the one that I'm actually a little bit more worried about. because We saw Ruiz participate uh, a little bit there and, you know, mini camp and that just out there at least. And, and Penning was somewhat too, but he didn't really do as much. So, I, you know, I'm I'm a little more pessimistic I guess about penning in some senses just because both times you got out on the field last year you got hurt again and you know I I think that's the key to the season too is is those two guys I have a lot of concerns about that offensive line and I think their ability to stay healthy kind of determines everything because you know one of the knocks on Derek Carr is just some of the the pressure stuff so they gotta they gotta make sure there's a clean pocket there's the ability for success they invested so much into the running game this offseason These guys need to be able to block. They need to be healthy. Um, You know, Ruiz in particular, you know, I think we all believe he turned the corner last year, but now you have this, like, major injury. So I think that prove it period starts all the way back at the beginning for him. I can't really take anything for granted yet. So it starts with health. We'll see how they move around. Um, But, I mean, I think those are the three big things for me just in those first two days before any pads come out.
1: Yeah, and I think so there's a few players who have already been put on either the non-football injury list or the pup list. I mean, what 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 do you think? I think it's probably a good sign that we haven't heard Mike Thomas's name, we haven't heard Cesar Wee's name, Trevor Penning's name. As you hear, like Billy Price gets cut with the non-football injury, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's still time to do that too. But look, yeah. if, if any of these guys start on one of those lists, I, I don't think it's anything to be – Super concerned about either necessarily up you know by itself because it is a little bit procedural if you don't start on on NFI or, or PUP you you end up having to stay on the roster throughout training camp you take up a, a, a roster spot and then you have to be carried on to the 53 man roster if you aren't back in practice by then uh, and then they got to cut somebody else and then you get moved to IR at that point if you start on one of those lists at least if if something happens in your, your rehab there's a setback when you're at 98%, there isn't that risk of having to, you know, make another move. So it's always smart to just kind of throw someone on there. Like A.T. Perry went on there, and I heard it's like a really, really small injury, nothing to be super concerned about. Kendry Miller, I, I was told specifically that wasn't a medical thing. So, I'm, you know, that, I'm going to be interested to kind of see how that plays out. He should be at that point where he comes back. But it didn't sound like there was a ton of concern with either one of those guys. But I think it's just kind of like when they show up, if there's any little thing, they're putting them on there just to be safe. And, you know, sometimes it's – they're ready day one at training camp. Sometimes it's a little bit longer, but, you know, it is a, a more of a procedural move at this point.
1: Yeah, I think if I recall correctly, Mike Thomas, there was this big hullabaloo about him going on PUP yep. last year, and then he was there the first day of practice. So it, it a lot of times it can be very procedural. But, you know, kind of looking at some of the younger players and some of the roster battles that we're going to be going into, I think everyone knows about the cornerback two battle, um, and that's just going to be Paulson Adibo and Alante Taylor going back and forth. But what are some of the other roster battles that you're going to be watching closely uh, throughout camp?
0: Yeah, I think this year it's kind of fascinating because I don't feel like a ton of the, the, the fighting is going to be necessarily for roster spots. It's going to be for like who gets snaps and who's playing where, you know, you, you, you hit the premier one right off the top there with, with Alante and Paulson Adibo. Look, I mean, I'll, I'll just hit on that quick and kind of move on. But like, you know, I think a lot of that's going to be predicated on, on just really Debo's ability to cover without committing penalties. Like, I think his coverage is actually pretty good. He had injuries last year. I think that kind of messed up his season a little bit. I think Avante actually has more to prove than I think a lot of people want to admit. Like, I know the, the numbers were great. He didn't give up any go-routes last year. But, like, if you really go in and, and you look at his coverage on a lot of, like, like curls, for instance, stuff that's breaking back, there was way too much aggression in the way he was pursuing and like, he'd be going up the field and someone would snap back and there would be a decent amount of uh, open space between him and the, uh, the, the guy on the ball just didn't necessarily go there all the time. So I think there's a lot of stuff he needs to do just playing more under control. So there's, there's like two aspects of this that I think are going to determine that. And I, I think it's probably a little bit closer than a lot of people want to admit. If you're asking me to handicap it, like I'm, I'm going with Taylor and I think the saints are better off with of Taylor wins that because I think the upside is so significant with him, but there there's a lot to prove there um you know i am I'm, I'm super fascinated with running back too I mean i probably going to get suspended it, it, you know for for some amount of games and if kendra Miller's like actually good and beats out Jamal Williams going into the season and he gets a lot of carries and he gets into the season and he catches fire like I don't know what's going to happen a- after that point, so I think that's going to be really interesting to watch too. Um, You know, on the offensive line, like the reserve spots I I think are kinda interesting. Like a mainstay like Calvin Throckmorton, I think, is like very in the crosshairs by Nick Saldavary. They're very similar players with their versatility. So that that's one that's gonna be uh, really fun to watch. You know, on the edge it kinda seems like Carl Granderson's in there, but you know, Peyton Turner, Foskey, I think the Saints are probably hoping that one of those two guys steps up and, and really challenges for snaps there, I think there's a lot to prove, um, and even that defensive interior, like you, you throw Brasias in there with Colin Saunders and Nathan Shepard, and uh, Roach. I mean, I, I think there's a handful of uh, you know decent little battles going on there too. So, I, I think it's going to be competitive across the board. I like the wide receiver battle a little bit further down the depth chart uh, too. Uh, you know, Washington is someone that I think we kind of didn't talk enough about mm-hmm. this this summer, and I, I think he's someone that that could be in the mix there as well too. So I think it's going to be I think it's going to be, uh, gonna be a, 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 like a high value battle summer. I, I don't think it's going to be settled early in, in any of these spots. And I, you know, I think, I think that's good. Like, it, it's not like if you do the 53, I think it's kind of easy to fill out like the 53. It's then It's like, where do these guys go and who's going to be playing where? Nick, kind of, you know, training camp is right around the corner, and we've talked about a bunch of different, you brought up a bunch of different battles, and my my one was actually, you mentioned earlier on about the offensive line being a concern on the team, I think the amount of overturn at defensive line is just kind of concerning for me. Uh, because we don't, there's so many unknowns there, and I think that you know Mike Taitilia and I have talked about it a couple times that maybe the Saints can go out and bring someone in as a veteran on the defensive line to actually help with that competition in the off season. But they're running out of time because training camp is coming up very soon. Do you think that there's a move kind of impending, it, whether it be on defensive line or anywhere on the roster? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think both the lines are the two spots that that terrify me the, the most, and it's extremely disappointing that that we can sit here and say that given the resources that they've invested in the trenches on, on both sides like their offensive line it, it shouldn't feel so up in the air when there's so many first round picks it, it, you know across the board second round pick at center I mean that that should be taken care of defensive line you got Peyton Turner Cam Jordan uh they, they just got Foskey in the second round they got a first rounder at defensive line. like those should be strengths but it's just some of those picks haven't worked out and it's thin like I think if there's, there's inflection points where this thing could, like, fall apart, I, I think it's, it's definitely on both of those lines, and, and it's a huge concern. Look, I, I, I thought they should have brought someone in on defensive line a while ago. Every time I talk to somebody, like, off the record, on the record, they feel great about Carl Granderson. I just can't share that. I, I don't know. Like, I'm just not there yet. I, I don't share the confidence in, in him yet. Um, you know, I thought we saw him ascend a little bit last year. I thought he got better as the season went on. But I'm just not ready to place, like, that full-scale bet on on him to be the guy to get, you know, all the pressure off the edge. And I think Cam's actually going to probably be a little bit better. Maybe the numbers stay the same or go up a little. I think having some better pass rushers on the interior is going to probably help him walk into a couple sacks. Um, you know, if there's any anything coming off the other edge, like, that's probably going to help create some stuff. But, like, you got to be realistic about where he's at age-wise. And, and I don't think he's, he's going to get better uh, on film, even if the numbers – maybe get a little bit better due to having some help. Marshawn Lattimore, I think, helps with some of that, too. But, like, who's who's winning one-on-ones consistently off the edge? Like, Cam's going to get some. But, like, I think he's at a point in his career, like, where where someone getting doubled on the inside helps him on the outside. But, like, he's not beating a double team on his own. Like, I don't know. I just feel like they they, they should have done something else there. I think it's probably a little bit too late to get an impactful player. that That's going to change the fate of everything, um, you know. So, yeah, I I have a lot of concerns. There's a possibility they have the right pieces. Like Colin Saunders looked like he was getting better in KC last year. But, like, you know, I'm not sure that I'm totally confident in that. Uh, Shepard had some plays last year. Don't feel 100% confident in him just kind of being the guy. Like, hopefully, Brazee is, uh, you know, what what everybody thinks he he could have been at Clemson before all the stuff went sideways on him and and kind of messed up his career a little bit just with, you know, the the off-field tragedy, the injuries, all that stuff. But I think there's there's a lot of a lot of question marks there, and it's possible that they all hit right, or 75 percent of them hit right, and the offseason season concern looks stupid in, in a few months. But I think as we stand here now, without questions of these the answers to these questions, I I think it's extremely fair to be worried about you know where that pressure is coming from, how they're going to get it. I mean, I guess the the silver lining here is that Da is you know as good as anybody at scheming up pressure, getting his linebackers, but you know you you lost a guy that was a huge part of that. Last year, covering up your lack of pass rush uh, on the defensive line. So, I think, yeah, I, I would agree with you 100%. I think that's, that's definitely the most concerning spot on the team right now.
1: Nick Underhill from New Orleans Football. Go hang out with Nick at Urban South and order some Citrus Blitz, New Orleans football's officially branded beer. I'm sure it's good. I'll have to go check one out. Thanks so much for the time, Nick. Enjoy your weekend and uh, rest up for camp. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thanks, Nick.